we attacked Afghanistan. I was pretty happy about that. We should have. What happened in 9-11 is we didn't have a strategy. We didn't have bipartisan agreement. We didn't have American understanding of it. And we had instead a policy coup in this country, a coup, a policy coup. Some hard-nosed people took over the direction of American policy, and they never bothered to inform the rest of us. I went through the Pentagon 10 days after 9-11. I couldn't stay away from Mother Army. I went back there to see Don Rumsfeld. I said, am I doing okay on CNN? He said, yeah, 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 fine. He said, uh, I just want to tell you, he said, nobody's going to tell us where or when we can bomb. Nobody. He said, I'm thinking of calling this a floating coalition. What do you think about that? Well, uh, he said, thanks. That's all the time I've got. I went downstairs. I was leaving the Pentagon, and an officer from the Joint Staff called me into his office and said, I, I want you to know, he said, sir, we're going to attack Iraq. And I said, why? We don't know. Uh, I said, well, did they tie Saddam to 9-11? He said, uh, no. He pulled up a piece of paper off his desk. He said, I just got this memo from the Secretary of Defense's office. It says we're going to attack and destroy the governments in, in seven countries in five years. We're going to start with Iraq, and then we're going to move to Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Iran. I said, seven countries in five years. I said, is that a classified memo? He said, yes, sir. I said, well, don't show it to me. He was about to show it to me. He said, because I want to talk about it. And, and I realized then it came back to me. A 1991 meeting I had with Paul Wolfowitz, and this is 1991. I said, Mr. Secretary, you must be pretty happy with the performance of the troops in, in Desert Storm. And he said, uh, well, yeah, he said, but, but not really. He said, because the truth is we should have gotten rid of Saddam Hussein, and we didn't. And this was just after the Shia uprising in, in March of 91, which we had provoked, and then we kept our troops on the sidelines and didn't intervene. And he said, but one thing we did learn, he said, we learned that we can use our military in the region, in the Middle East, and the Soviets won't stop us. He said, and we've got about five or ten years to clean up those old Soviet client regimes, Syria, Iran, Iraq, before the next great superpower comes on to challenge us. It was a pretty stunning thing. You mean the purpose of the military is to, to, to start wars and change governments? It's not to sort of deter conflict? We're going to invade countries? And, I, I, you know, my mind was spinning. This country was taken over by a group of people with a policy coup. Wolfowitz and Cheney and Rumsfeld and... You could name a half dozen other collaborators from the Project for a New American Century. They wanted us to destabilize the Middle East, turn it upside down, make it under our control. It went back to those comments in 1991. Now, did anybody ever tell you that? Was there a national dialogue on this? Was there a full-fledged American debate on it? Absolutely not. And there still isn't. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, if you're an American, you ought to be concerned about the strategy of the United States in this region. What is our aim? What is our purpose? Why are we there? Why are Americans dying in this region? That is the issue. Because the goal is not to completely subjugate Afghanistan. The goal is to use Afghanistan to wash money out of the tax bases of the United States, out of the tax bases of European countries, through Afghanistan, and back into the hands of a transnational security elite. That is the goal. 
i.e. the goal is to have an endless war, not a successful war. Hello there, on behalf of SDBullion.com, this is James Anderson with a quick SDBullion market update. Before we go further, please smash the like button so other sound money stackers can also see this content. And be sure to subscribe to our SDBullion channel so you can get our latest market coverages and also a chance at winning incredible bullion giveaways like this one. Raise your hand if you like free stuff. We were going to give away a free tube of the brand new 2021 Silver Eagle coins. Then we said, nah, make it 25 tubes. SD Boolean is giving away a monster box of 2021 Silver Eagles. How many coins are in a monster box? Let's just say one lucky participant is going to be showing off their best celebratory dance moves with 500 shiny new silver bird friends. So head over to sdboolean.com backslash sweepstakes for your chance to win. Click the link below to enter your chance at winning this 2021 SD Bullion Type 2 American Silver Eagle Coin Monster Box giveaway of 500 Silver Eagle Coins. Official sweepstakes rules can be found at www.sdbullion.com forward slash sweepstakes. Good luck to all of you who enter and for your chance to win. It was a mixed week for the respective silver spot price moving down slightly and gold spot price testing but failing to clear 1800 going up slightly for the week. As a result, the gold-silver ratio keeps climbing, and it's likely closing at 77. Uh, this week, too, as many ugly images and video clips came out of Afghanistan, the Chinese state-owned media were quick to jump on the opportunity to warn its neighboring island of Taiwan, essentially pointing out in a widely circulating editorial from Chinese state media that once a war breaks out in the Chinese Straits, Taiwan's defenses will collapse in hours, and U.S. military will not come to its aid, citing that if it decides to interfere, the United States would have to have a much greater determination for a fight over Taiwan than it had in Afghanistan, Syria, and or Vietnam. As well, too, yesterday, a poorly translated article was published regarding the Chinese Gold Association stating a large number for Chinese gold reserves proven in their ground as the end of 2020. The race between which nations have the most gold in the ground yet to be mined is between China, Russia, and Australia in the decades ahead. What has not changed is the understated official gold reserves of the Chinese state at the moment, still standing just below 2,000 metric tons officially. Judging by physical gold bullion flows and mining production over the last four decades in China, and increasingly since the 2008 global financial crisis, it's fathomable that between the Chinese military and her large sovereign gold bullion vault systems, China could possibly add a zero to their official gold bullion reserves at any time in the future of her choosing. Regardless of where her official gold reserves eventually stand, the likely issue China will continue to have to battle will be the world's collective faith in her word. The size of interest in China's currently near fully closed capital accounts and if and when they might somehow open and how that might come about for the world at large. Now, swinging this opening back to official gold reserves already mined and owned by sovereign nations, but ones not sitting at home on shore but rather offshore for the nation of Afghanistan, the official Afghan gold reserves are still sitting with the New York Federal Reserve and have been there since 1939. There, the nation has over 703 million ounces in the basement of the New York Fed building. But to no surprise, the U.S. Treasury and OFAC just froze known Afghan financial accounts in the hopes to block Taliban leaders from accessing billions in Afghan's foreign coffers. 
Now turning our attention to our neighbors north of the border, up in Canada, the following comment by current Prime Minister of Canada, who is in the middle of running a snap election, should be worrisome for anyone seeking future financial restraint in that nation if he wins the election. I don't know, when I think about the biggest, most important economic policy this government, if re-elected, would move forward, you'll forgive me if I don't think about monetary policy. Uh in a bit of bad news, good news regarding the seemingly lawless financial and commodity market price discovery we've witnessed for the last decade plus, good news is that an Illinois judge ruled this last week that four former J.P. Morgan precious metals traders will stand trial beginning on October 19, 2021. One of these former traders is Michael Nowak, the once co-managing director of the Megabank's Precious Metals Derivative Trading Desk. The trial will cover years of alleged criminality beginning when J.P. Morgan inherited Bear Stearns' naked silver short bankrupt desk in 2008, all the way into the year 2016. What will not be up for trial, and this is the bad news, is that the bank J.P. Morgan Chase itself, and what also will not be up for trial are the traders' executive superiors, who likely also heavily benefited from ill-gotten gains made from tens of thousands of spoofing and slammings of spot prices in precious metals markets for nearly a decade running. These former four traders are now left to potentially hang, and they will face charges of criminal racketeering, market manipulation, spoofing, conspiracy, commodities, and bank wire fraud. It'll be interesting to see what more financial market onlookers might learn as this trial gets underway later this year. And finally, to close this week's SD Bullion Market Update, Plantier Technologies, a public American software company that specializes in big data analytics, has purchased 50.7 million in 100-ounce gold bullion bars as a hedge against potential black swan events. Headquartered in Denver, Colorado, and co-founded by tech billionaire Peter Thale, company customers include the U.S. Army, the U.S. Navy, the CIA, IBM, and Amazon. Its intelligence software is used in 150 countries, and its customers can now pay for services in physical gold bullion if they so choose. Which leads one to wonder, what kind of potential black swan is their data possibly purveying to them? And will a trend of publicly traded companies, organizations, and other institutions buying bullion as payment hedges, will it begin to become more widespread? Or will, like most people, get caught owning no bullion or physical monetary metals in the severe case, for instance, of a failure of the internet and or power grids, somehow prolonging for weeks or even months at some point in our future. That's all for this week's SD Bullion Market Update. As always, to you out there, take great care of yourselves and those you love. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to give our video a thumbs up. To keep getting bullion-related news and industry insights, be sure to subscribe to our channel. Finally, hit that alert button so you know when we publish fresh content. Give us your thoughts in the comments below. Let us know what you think and which topics you want to hear more about.